You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are now about to witness the strength of fantasy knowledge. Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you are now tuned in to the speeds and spitting statistician on Fantasy Freestyle. Up next on that cypher, the mic. On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet. Dane Martinez. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, a.k.a. Speeds, a.k.a. The Spittin' Statistician. And you are listening live to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And as always, big shout-out if you're listening live on iHeartRadio, on TuneIn Radio, the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, because we are the only 24-hour-a-day, seven-day-a-week source of free Fantasy, insight, entertainment, analysis, and opinion to help you win your leagues and win that cash. I got my man Chris Bovona, the manimal, right there in that fantasy pit of misery. We are joined, as always, by my man Danny Otto as well. They are down there monitoring the YouTube chat. If you are watching on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube chat, come on in inside Studio 34 and uh, welcome and be free to join the hashtag stats over beat cypher so many different ways you can do that okay you could holler at me at 844-843-6879 you could follow me on twitter at spit and speed you could always ask questions vote in the polls and engage with me that way and you could also hit up the chat room on the youtube stream because a little bit later on in the show and every day we will go to the stats over beat cypher here on the freestyle because we could talk about anything here on the fantasy freestyle from 7 to 8 p.m but here's what we are going to talk about I got to break down Championship Sunday. The Super Bowl is now set. The New England Patriots will be there representing the AFC. Ho-hum. And the Philadelphia Eagles, by the way, my pick a long time ago, will be representing the NFC. We got to do a little bit of update on Speeds versus the Kids. I want your thoughts on how do we consider the standings of Speeds versus the Kids at this point. And also, there's a couple things going on in national headlines that I want to touch on a little bit later on as we put the fun in functional sports radio as it relates to sports, okay? But I mentioned that you could hit me up on Twitter. If you went on Twitter right now, at Spittin' Speeds, you would see the poll question up. What most impressed you about Championship Sunday? Here are your options. Was it that Philadelphia defense who took Case Keenum and the Minnesota Vikings after the first drive and shut them out in their 38-7 win? Was it the play of Eagles quarterback Nick Foles, who a lot of people were saying, Oh, with no Carson Wentz, the Eagles have no chance. All Nick Foles did was throw for three touchdowns, no picks, over 300 yards, and take his team to the Super Bowl. Was it the Patriots' comeback? You know, listen, Jaguars had them, okay? Was it the comeback operated once again by Belichick and Brady? Or was it the referees' love? For the Patriots and Tom Brady, which may have enabled that to happen. We're going to talk about it all. We're going to talk about news and notes. We're going to talk about speeds versus the kids. We're going to get my takeaways, and we're going to put the fun and functional sports radio. So buckle up, strap in, sit tight for the Fantasy Freestyle, okay, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's go.
The sharpest fantasy sports minds are now available 24-7 straight from your mobile device. Download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app and listen live or on demand to the finest tips, strategies, and advice from your favorite fantasy personalities. It's free and available for both iOS and Android devices. Your life isn't slowing down, so why should your fantasy sports? Head to FNTSY.com slash radio and download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app today. Get him up, get him up, what? Something to move something right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez. Speed's the spitting statistician, the stable genius of the fantasy freestyle. But it's really about everybody here in the Stats Over Beat Cypher. We're going to go to the Cypher a little bit later on in the show, as always. See what people are saying about the poll question. Remember, we got the poll question up right now. What impressed you most in championship Sunday was the Philadelphia defense was the play of Nick Foles was it the Patriots comeback or was it the referees love for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots we got some interesting poll results that I'll get to a little bit later on but I have to talk about news and notes here from around the NFL to get us started first of all I don't know if you saw this, but Nick Foles had a precautionary x-ray on his ribs after the NFC Championship game. They're saying he's fine. And remember now, he has two weeks to recover, obviously, for the Super Bowl. Nick Foles will be fine. He says he's good. And here's the thing. He was only sacked once. He was only hit five times. So uh, hopefully he'll be all right in the rib area. And they will, uh, you know, he'll be good to go for the Super Bowl. Who will also be good to go? Tom Brady. We knew this. They're talking about that thumb and the stitches. He played without the glove. They manufactured all this drama. Gave him ready-made excuses, if you ask me, in case they underperformed and didn't make it against uh, Jacksonville. They always had that ready-made excuse right there about Tom Brady's hand. His hand was fine. And then uh, we're going to find out he's going to get those stitches removed this week, so he will also be fine for the big game up there in Minnesota. Speaking of injury news, the Patriots are quote-unquote optimistic that Rob Gronkowski will also be cleared for the Super Bowl. Oh, he will. If you were listening to the Fantasy Freestyle last week, you know I was talking about this concussion protocol and how it relates to the NFL playoffs. I am surprised that Gronk did not come back in the game when they were down in the second half and say all of a sudden he passed all the tests at halftime. He's good to go I'm gonna tell you right now anybody out there that wants to bet me I will give you odds I am saying Rob Gronkowski will clear the concussion protocol before media day of the Super Bowl so that it is not an issue and it is not something that is talked about when everyone descends on Minnesota next week for the Super Bowl okay after uh one of the guys that I was watching the games with because it was you know uh safety Barry Church that took him out they were like oh he just took Gronk to church Shout out to my man Tom Dog out there. Um, he'll be fine. He'll be cleared, and he'll be out there, whether he deserves to be cleared or not. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, a couple times over the next two weeks. We also have head coaching news, okay? A lot of head coaching news that have come out. Remember now, two more teams are out, Jacksonville and Minnesota. That opens it up in terms of uh, announcements that can be made. But there were a couple of roles filled over the weekend. First of all, in Tennessee, the Titans have hired Mike Vrabel to be their new head coach. I got to tell you something. 
I don't know how I feel about this, okay? I agree that the Titans fall. Remember I ranked all the positions or the head coach openings? I agree that the Titans should be in a place, that they are in a place where they needed to kind of reach for a a coordinator. They weren't going to get the big names, okay, like Indianapolis, like the Raiders that was open, okay? So they go and reach and get Mike Vrabel. Here's my thing, though. I thought that the priority for whoever was coming in there in Tennessee needed to be someone who could cultivate and develop Marcus Mariota. And I don't know that former linebacker Mike Vrabel is the guy to do that. What he needs is to hire a rock-solid offensive coordinator that can, you know, where he can kind of delegate and outsource that development of Mariota. I think he needs to get a very trusted OC. Maybe Todd Haley, for example. Although there is news out there that Todd Haley continues to be... um, courted, shall we say, by the Cleveland Browns in that same division as Pittsburgh. I, I want to keep my eye on this Titans hire to see who do they hire at the offensive coordinator, at the quarterback's coach, because if you're going to hire a defensive-minded guy, and don't get me wrong, the Titans' defense could use an overhaul, but you got to get someone who could develop Mariota, or else what are you guys really doing? Similarly, all right, the Vikings are done as of yesterday, today. The New York football giants announced that Pat Shermer will be their next head coach. That opens up questions for me. There have been rumors that uh, he's going to try to bring Case Keenum with him wherever he goes. The answer back to that has been Case Keenum might get franchised. Let me tell you something. Case Keenum, I don't think, is getting franchised. When you're a franchise tag quarterback, you average you, your salary is the average of the top five guys at the position. That would be way too much to pay Case Keenum. Remember that number when Kirk Cousins was tagged last year or the year before that? The tag number for quarterbacks is like $23, $24 million. Why would the Minnesota Vikings franchise Case Keenum if it meant paying him over $20 million a year when that kind of money can get them Alex Smith, that kind of money can get them Tyrod Taylor, that kind of money you know, may not get Kirk Cousins, but why spend that on Case Keenum? He will not be worth that, especially after his regressive performance in the NFC Championship game. We'll get to that a little bit later on. My question is, what does that mean for Eli Manning? If Case Keenum does follow Shermer to New York. We have more news. The Cardinals have announced that they are going to hire Carolina defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes as their new head coach. I got to tell you something. I don't know how I feel about that one either. Because here's the thing. Wilkes is a defensive guy. If you ask right now, is the problem in Arizona the defense? No. You have a solid defense there. The Honey Badger, Peterson, and the rest. It's the offense that needs development, right? So here's my question. We're getting a new quarterback in Arizona. Palmer's retiring. What is this news? Does this move new? Does this news move the needle for Larry Fitzgerald? Is Larry Fitzgerald excited about this nondescript defensive coordinator coming to be the head coach? Or does this inspire Larry to move on for the last year or two of his career? I don't think it's the former, so I question that hire as well. That leaves, I believe, the only vacancies now are the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. And here's the thing. They are not openings because Josh McDaniels is going to Indy and Matt Patricia is going to Detroit. They just can't announce it because the New England Patriots are still playing. I also want to talk more about Minnesota real quick. 
as they are now done, we know Shermer's moving on, things of that nature. Check this out. Dalvin Cook, their stud rookie running back, he has resumed jogging, okay? Remember, coming back from that ACL tear. There's still no timetable for his return. He looks, though, like he is on schedule and should be back fine for training camp and all that for 2018. I will say two other things, and this is what makes it hard to keep a team strong for a long time. Check this out. Jarek McKinnon, who's coming off one of his best year as a pro, 991 scrimmage yards, five touchdowns. He's saying he's about to hit free agency. And he's saying he's he prefers to be in a situation where he can be the lead back. He is not the lead back in Minnesota. He is part of the committee, along with Latavius Murray, Dalvin Cook returning. So might Jarek McKinnon move on to be go to a place where he could be the number one guy, or at least a featured part of a committee that um you know that compromises the Minnesota Vikings in a similar way. Teddy Bridgewater says he quote unquote definitely sees himself as a starter. Will anyone pay him starter money? I don't know. But that could impact the Vikings' plan to try to have Keenum and Bridgewater back. Okay? One of these guys are going to get offers to be starters money. Do you really think you're going to be able to hold Teddy Bridgewater at a $10 million contract, at an $8 million contract, when you got teams like Jacksonville and Denver and Arizona and the Jets all looking and maybe one of them opens up their checkbook to pay a guy like Case Keenum, to pay a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, to pay a guy like Sam Bradford? I think it's going to be very, very interesting. So watch out for the Minnesota Vikings coming apart at the seams. And that's what happens when people get shine um, and praise and recognition. I want to see if Case Keenum winds up there. I want to see if Jarek McKinnon winds up there. I am not so sure. Here's what we got to do. Um, I want to talk to you guys about speeds versus the kids. And I want to give you my takeaways, you know, my takeaways and trends from Championship Sunday, okay? But before we do that, I real quick want to check in on the poll question. Remember, I said... Is it the Philly defense, the Pats' comeback, Nick Foles' play, or the refs' love for the Patriots? Right now, Nick Foles' play is number one with 49%, but in second place, 24% of you say that the refs' love for Tom Brady and, by association, the New England Patriots are the, is the thing that impressed you most on Championship Sunday. We're going to get into that. I'm going to give you kind of my uh, trends, my takeaways from the AFC Championship game, from the NFC Championship game. My takeaways from the AFC game does involve the referees on some level, but I'm going to tell you that. I'm going to also give you my update on speeds versus the kids. I went 1-1 one one on Sunday, okay? I had the Pats, but I also had the Vikings. And you know what? I once again went against my home dogs. I tell you guys about the home dogs every single week. I had the home dog with the Eagles when they beat the Falcons. I abandoned my home dogs, and then that team wearing the dog mask, they put it in my eye and made it to the big game up there in Minnesota. We'll break down speeds versus the kids and my takeaways from Championship Sunday when we come back right here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'll see you in a hot sec. 
Hey there, everybody. It's me, Joe Pizzapia. Baseball is back, and that means the Fantasy Baseball Black Book is back as well. It's me, it's Paul Spore writing starting pitching profiles. It's Jake Seeley. It's Sammy Reed writing DFS. It's a whole lot of greatness right here for you. You can get the new Fantasy Black Book for baseball on Amazon, on iTunes. You can get it in paperback. You can get it for your Kindle. You can get it anywhere you want, but make sure you get it, because once you go Black Book, you never go back. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, speeds and spitting statistician, the stable genius of the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Let's get into it. Let's give you my trends and my takeaways, kind of the biggest things that I noticed, you know, from each of the... uh, from each of the championship games. I got probably like four or five takeaways from each one, okay? Let's start with the AFC game. First thing I want to say, I hope that anybody who listens to Fantasy Freestyle considers themselves part of the hashtag stats over beat cipher. I hope you were thinking the same thing I thought of when like late in the second quarter, Barry Church hits Rob Gronkowski helmet to helmet and then all of a sudden, you know, people are like, huh, is Rob Gronkowski going to the locker room? Is he going to the dark, quiet room? They never took Gronk's helmet away from him. He was wearing his helmet, right? So I know where I was watching the game. I right away gave some eyes to people that I know were listening to Fantasy Freestyle and know that I've been railing about this concussion protocol, which is a joke in the NFL. And I was like, huh. We now have our storyline. I was telling you people that, you know, after Big Ben was gone and after Drew Brees gets eliminated, I said there were two faces of the league still left that could be an issue for the concussion protocol. One was Tom Brady and the other was Rob Gronkowski. And what do you know? We now have this narrative of will Gronk get cleared by the Super Bowl? I think he will. It is two weeks away, but he has been concussed before. You never can tell. A shot called by your boy, Speeds the Spitting Statistician. We now have a narrative. We now have a story. Honestly, that was the first thing I thought about as soon as the helmets collided and he went into the sidelines. I was like, huh, we're going to be hearing about this for the next two weeks. I'm telling you right now, he's going to get cleared whether he should or not. And it is a shame because, there. listen, Gronk has been oft injured. If anybody is slow to recover from a concussion protocol, they should not have to go out there. But if you remember, Gronk was, like, compromised two Super Bowls ago. Remember, I think he had, like, the ankle or whatever. He's going to be out there. I just hope that he actually deserves to be cleared for when they ultimately clear him, but it is going to happen. Let's keep an eye out on that. But if you are part of the Stats Over Beat Cypher, you had to be looking the same way I was late second quarter. We're like, huh, that guy speeds. He was on to something. Hey, next one I want to talk about. I, I, this is another shot called by your boy Speeds, the spitting statistician, okay? I was telling you all last week, that the Patriots would not attack the outside as much, right, because of Ramsey and Bouye. I said that where they would go would be over the middle of the field. They lost Rob Gronkowski, right? But still, Tom Brady had 38 passes on Sunday. 14 of them were targets for running backs. Lewis, White, Burkhead even. 12 of them 
went to either the tight end or the guy in the slot. It was Rob Gronkowski for a while, but then Danny Amendola, and that's where we got to go. If you heard me on Friday giving out my lineup, I said I like Danny Amendola. I said his mom makes the best meatballs. What did he do? Seven catches, 84 yards, and two touchdowns without Gronk and those running backs. Amendola was the guy over the middle. I told you about that. That is something that resonated with me. Like I said, Brady's 38 attempts, 14 of them were to running backs. 12 were to the tight end or the slot receiver. Only 12 of them were to who I would say are personnel on the outside, right? Guys like Cooks or Hogan, even uh, Dorsett, I think maybe got one. Here's what I'm going to tell you. This is my narrative exemplified. The part of this is the fantasy herd. There were so many options in the slot. So many options out of the backfield. Options. It is good for your real team bad for the fantasy team. I have been saying this all season long. It proved itself again in the AFC Championship game where the Pats move on because they had so many options. Bad for you, though, if, like me, you had Rob Gronkowski in your DFS when you're trying to nail down which of the herd is going to pop pop off on any given day. It is hard because of so many options. I thought it was really the herd exemplified. So that's my takeaway number two. Number three, momentum is Tom Brady's best friend. It's absolutely ridiculous. The Jags were up 14 to three. I know we hear the narrative of how the Falcons were up 28 to three on these guys, but I really believe like the Jacksonville Jaguars played scared after they got up. I really do. I really do. Check this out. Here are four drives in the second half. These are the four drives where the um, Jags didn't like kick a field goal okay remember they were up 14 10 they finished the game with 20 points they had two drives that resulted in field goals here were their other drives in the second half three plays for minus two yards taking a minute 27 off the clock three plays for nine yards taking a minute 24 off the clock five plays for 22 yards taking two and a half minutes off the clock three plays for minus one yards taking 55 seconds off the clock At some point, you have to try to salt the game away. Try to play like you have been playing to get you the lead. You know, you have to at some point go at it. How many times are they just going to run Leonard Fournette into the middle of the line? I understand they tried to reduce the risk of Blake Bortles, what they've been trying to do all season, but Blake was fine. Blake went 23 of 36, 293 yards, no turnovers for Blake Bortles, okay? At some point, they needed to at some be like, if we have one more drive and can score, we are going to the Super Bowl. At some point, they had to stop playing scared and start playing to try to grab a stranglehold in the game and with these drives giving up only a minute a minute and a half they clearly were not doing that I think they played a little bit scared and I think the Patriots took advantage of it but I gotta say my fourth thing is was it only the Patriots or maybe the Zebras as well let me tell you something I usually don't talk about refs and how they gave this away but there were a lot of examples if you want to build that case you can there were a lot of things first of all that 32 year yard uh, pass interference That was not pass interference. That was good defense on Brandon Cooks. Ramsey, or was it Bouye, just running him out of bounds. Head was turned around. That was a great play. That was the play right before the Rob Gronkowski headshot. Patriots got that 
score because of two penalties got right down the field. And I'm reminded of last Monday when I told you it was a little-known thing, but when they played against Tennessee, how there was like a drive that completely flipped it. When they got a penalty, the Titans were supposed to be punting. They got a penalty against them instead, and the Patriots got the ball, went right down the field. You could see the momentum change. You know what else? The Jags had six penalties for 98 yards. The Patriots had one penalty for 10 yards. There was that 32-yard pass interference. And check this out, though. Uh, The Jags' defense was the least penalized defense in the NFL this season. The Jags only had nine defensive penalties all season. Only five pass interferences all season. And that's what happened in the AFC Championship game. I find it interesting. Also, did you see the ref, Cleet uh, Blakeman? Literally, there's video of this. At the, end of the, at the end of the game, like, patting Tom Brady on the back like, hey, congrats. You're not supposed to do that. What, I don't understand what this is. That, that, that second quarter drive changed the momentum of the game big time. Allowed the Patriots to get to 14-10, so it was still a game. Imagine if not, if it was still 14-3. Or the Jags get the ball back and it's 17-3. It is a very, very different game. Okay? And I think that was a big thing. Let's go to the NFC Championship game. First of all, did you hear that they were putting Crisco on the on all the lampposts in uh, Philly to try to uh, protect against the fans going crazy? Win or lose? I thought that was crazy. Uh, but So they acknowledge that fans are going to wild out because they're in Philly. Yet they let the fans wear dog masks into the stadium. I just got to talk about that as a slight inconsistency. Here's the other thing that happened. Listen, Case Keenum regressed. A lot of people were expecting this to happen for weeks and weeks and weeks. Case Keenum went 28 of 48 for 271 yards. He had a touchdown, had two picks, lost a fumble as well. His QBR was 28.6. If he did that for the season, he would have been 29th in the NFL, somewhere between Mitch Trubisky and, um, and Trevor Simeon. That is not the quarterback play he was demonstrating. He was 69.5 QBR for the rest of the season. That was second in the NFL behind only Tom, oh, excuse me, behind only Carson Wentz, his, you know, the incumbent. But he regressed. And part of that is due to the Minnesota Vikings defense. Part of that is due to the home field advantage, like I was saying. But part of it is also due to he was getting lucky on some 50-50 balls. Remember that game against the Saints? There was obviously the miracle that had them win to Stephon Diggs. But before that, he had a 50-50, chucked the ball up, and Adam Thielen made a great play. Those balls just bounced a little bit differently. And I wonder, what if Case Keenum had this performance, you know, like week 12 or week 13, when Zimmer was going week to week? Would he have gone to Teddy Bridgewater then? Would Teddy Bridgewater have been the starting quarterback for the Vikings yesterday if that were the case? I think that was intriguing. But Nick Foles was great. You got to give it up for Nick Foles. 26 of 33, 352 yards, three touchdowns, no pick. Maybe it's more than just the system. Maybe Nick Foles is a stable, solid, you know, NFL quarterback. They say Peterson after the game says, I'm so happy for Nick and the offense and for Nick. Everything he's been through this season, he stayed the course, he battled, and we all believed in him. So I I do got to give it up for Nick Foles. You know, he got a lot of flack as soon as Carson Wentz went down. Everyone was like, oh, there goes the Eagles season. All they did was continue and win two games in different fashions to go to the Super Bowl. And I tell you what, they were the home dogs. I should have picked them.
Uh, you know, I tell you guys about the home dogs every single week. And I think the home field had a part to play in it. That crowd was inspired after the 50-yard interception return by Patrick Robinson. You know, there were rarities for Minnesota. Minnesota had only 14 turnovers all season long, three in this one game. Minnesota, we talk about their secondary, their coverage, bumpy roads and whatnot, yet they have a blown coverage on the Alshon Jeffrey. I think some of this was the home field advantage. You know, they were clapping, they were clapping and dancing in the fourth quarter commercial. I think that's the momentum that happens for the home field. I will not be going against the home dogs anymore. When we come back, though, let's talk about where I stand versus these kids, speeds versus the kids, and the fun and functional sports radio when we come back here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Freestyle right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's your boy, Dane Martinez, taking you through a Wednesday as we do something of an autopsy on Championship Sunday as we have our Super Bowl matchup set. The Philadelphia Eagles move on after defeating the Vikings 38-7. to And the Patriots, ho-hum, they are back after another defeat of the Jacksonville Jaguars. This time it was 24-20. to It'll be the Patriots and the Eagles. We got the early line has the, uh, excuse me, the Patriots as five-and-a-half-point favorites. We'll obviously be talking about that. We got two weeks to talk about it. We'll also talk about it, and I will preview all of the prop bets, okay, from the coin toss to the Gatorade to the length of the National Anthem. I'm guaranteeing you there will be some props about how our stable genius, how many times he tweets on Super Bowl Sunday as well. But real quick, I wanted to mention this home field advantage thing. I talk about the refs in the Jacksonville game. The Jags had nine defensive penalties all season. They had six on the road in the AFC Championship game. I talk about how um, the Vikings had only 14 turnovers all season. They had three last night. I talk about, listen, their coverage, their secondary has been great. The completely blown coverage on the Alshon Jeffrey 53-yard touchdown. Also, the Minnesota defense was best at a category that I think is very important. Getting off the field on third down. Preventing opponents from converting on third down. They were the best in the NFL in that stat throughout the season, but Philly converted 10 out of 14 third down conversions on yesterday. These are the things that help. Penalties, turnovers, conversions, crowd noise. This is why we like the home dogs. But I want to talk about who like too, because we got to give an update to Speeds versus the kids. As you know, I made my picks on Friday's show. I had the New England Patriots and the Minnesota Vikings going against my own pick of the Eagles and the home dogs. But I went one and one. So that moves me to 6-3 and three on the playoffs. 6-3 and three on the playoffs. Our boy, the analyst, also went 1-1. One and one. Ventra moves to 6-3 and three on the playoffs. Our girl, Michaela, who is 6 years old, 
she went one and one as well. She had the Eagles, but as you know, she picked those cats and the Jaguars went down. So she moves to four and two on the playoffs. So Michaela's four and two. Me and Ventura are six and three. Zoe. Okay, Zoe, who made some picks, as you know, she was all over the Eagles. She had the Eagles, but she lost with the Jaguars. She moves to three and uh, three and three. Now, here's where it gets dicey because we had Tito, we had Goose. They went three and one, but we don't have any picks for them for last week, so they stay at three and one. Our boy Mike Florio, who, by the way, is nominated for Football Writer of the Year over there on the FSWA. You need to give him props right there, but uh, he moved to only two and four. He was one and three. He also went one and one. He had the Pats, but he lost with the Vikings. So we'll see what Florio does. But then we had a new contender. We had Sammy come on, if you remember, on the Friday show. He was a new picker, and he went two and zero. Oh. He had the Patriots and he had the Eagles. So my question for you, hey Bavona, I'd like to get you in on this because you uh you went one and one, right? You had the Eagles and the Jags. Here's my question: as we think about the speeds versus the kids' standings. Is it better? Can we consider Sammy? He went 2-0, and but he's only made two picks. You know, and then you got people like Goose and Tito who are 3-1, and but only have four picks in total. Like, you got me. I'm 6-3, and so I have the most wins, but percentage-wise, my 6-3 and is the same as, like, Michaela's at 4-2, and right? So are any of these kids ahead of me? Is Sammy ahead of me because he went 2-0 and on Championship Sunday but hasn't made any other picks? He hasn't had opportunities to lose. You know what I mean? Is it like just the straight winning percentage so Sammy's in first place at 2-0? and Or is it about having consistent picks and should I be in first at 6-3? and In fact, should Michaela be the highest kid at 4-2? and Michaela and Speeds with the same winning percentage? Of two-thirds, right? Six out of nine or four out of six. Should it be Michaela and Speeds in first place? Should it be kids like Goose and Tito who went three and one but are still three and one? Should it be a guy like Sammy who only made two picks but he is two and oh? Where do you fall on this, Bavona? Who should technically be leading Speeds versus the kids? I'm going with undefeated no matter what. Really? I'm going with undefeated no matter what. But if Sammy made other picks, like if he picked eight other games, he would have lost one of them, we think. Maybe, but he is undefeated right now. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. But here's the thing. I can still get ahead of him, right? Let's say Sammy picks let's say Sammy picks whatever he picks and he's wrong and he goes to two and one. That's two out of every three. I'm right now two out of every three at six and three. So is Michaela. She's four and two. So if, if Sammy loses the Super Bowl pick and I win with my Super Bowl pick, do I then beat all the kids? I, I believe so. Okay, because, listen, here's the thing. I, I can't not beat all the kids here. Okay, so I got to go. I got to get a win. I got to go to 7-3, and three, and that would get ahead of, you know, the uh, percentage of some of these other kids. So keep it locked. Keep it locked and uh, find out. We'll be making our picks next week for the Super Bowl. But uh, big ups to Sammy. Big ups to Sammy, who started, you know, on Championship Sunday and went 2-0. and You always got to like to have that zero next to your name in the loss column. But big shout-out to all the kids who picked, especially Zoe and Michaela, who have been here the entire time. Zoe, take the points, Garlic. So maybe she's going with the Eagles, because the Eagles are going to be uh, underdogs. And, of course, the unicorn in training, Michaela, who is six out there in California. Big shout-out to everybody else. And if Goose and Tito want to get back on the train, holla at your boy, the stable genius over here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Okay, what I wanted to do real quick, and I'm sorry that we don't have as much time, but there's some things going on in our country right now that I wanted to talk about. One 
is, uh, you know, the hashtag Me Too, hashtag Time's Up. There was stirring testimony from Ali Raceman um, late last week. And this is because going, um, you know, the doctor for Team USA, Larry Nasser, has been accused of multiple cases of um, sexual assault and abuse. And Ali Raceman put her uh, testimony out there. It was so inspiring that people literally gave her a round of applause in the courtroom late last week. But just to, to catch you guys up, Ali Raceman is part of Team USA, the gymnast um, who won gold in the last Olympics. And she came out and said that she was also abused by this doctor, Larry Nasser. And she came out and said, you know, she gave her testimony and also stressed the need to investigate how this happened. How did, how did organizationally this happen for Team USA? Can we right now, um, Bavona, can we play part of her clip, part of her testimony that was so powerful uh, for a lot of people? This is Allie Raceman um, on Friday. It wasn't until I started watching the impact statements from the other brave survivors that I realized I, too, needed to be here. Larry. You do realize now that we, this group of women you so heartlessly abused over such a long period of time, are now a force and you are nothing. The tables have turned, Larry. We are here. We have our voices and we are not going anywhere. And now, Larry, it's your turn to listen to me. There is no map that shows you the pathway to healing. Realizing that you are a survivor of sexual abuse is really hard to put into words. I cannot adequately capture the level of disgust I feel when I think about how this happened. Larry, you abused the power and trust I and so many others placed in you, and I am not sure I will ever come to terms with how horribly you manipulated and violated me. You are the USA Gymnastics National Team Doctor, the Michigan... doctor. You were trusted by so many and took advantage of countless athletes and their families. The effects of your actions are far-reaching. Abuse goes way beyond the moment, often haunting survivors for the rest of their lives, making it difficult to trust and impacting their relationships. It is all the more devastating when such abuse comes at the hand of such a highly regarded doctor. Let me also say this, okay? Let's go to her last part, uh, Bavona. I gave you the time codes. It's the last piece because this is where she gets into the institutional piece real quick as she closes her comments uh, before the judge. Let this, sen- let this sentence strike fear in anyone who thinks it is okay to hurt another person. Abusers, your time is up. The survivors are here, standing tall, and we are not going anywhere. And please, Your Honor, stress the need to investigate how this happened so that we can hold accountable those who empowered and enabled Larry Nasser, so we can repair and once again believe in this wonderful sport. My dream is that one day everyone will know what the words Me Too signify, but they will be educated and able to protect themselves from predators like Larry so that they will never, ever, ever have to say the words Me Too. That was the end of Valley Raceman's comments. If you want to go and check out more, the entire kind of like 12 and a half, 13 minute um, clip is out there. Uh, I probably will put it on my Twitter timeline as well. I mean, this is going on in this country right now. Hashtag me too. Hashtag time's up. And, you know, the interesting part is that we talk about how institutionalized it is and how people, whether it's Oprah or Ali Raceman, are, are, are talking about the time when uh, we will no longer have to say me too where it's not out there. 
anymore, where it's not kind of in the shadows anymore. And one of the things Ali Raisman talked about was holding people accountable for it. Not only Larry Nasser, who was the guy who um, uh, abused these women, but also institutionally. And I have an update for you today. USA Gymnastics has announced that three of its board members are stepping down. The chairman of the board of USA Gymnastics, Paul Perilla, stepping down. The vice chairman of USA Gymnastics, Jay Binder, stepping down. The treasurer of USA Gymnastics, Bitsy Kelly, stepping down. So maybe, if nothing else, this is not in vain, and this is raising awareness all across all of our industry, sports, entertainment, politics, okay, because... um time's up that's what it comes down to when we come back here on the fantasy freestyle what we're going to do is we're going to check in on that poll and i also want to uh holler at my man danny auto and see what the hashtag stats over beat cypher is talking about and i also want to talk about one other thing that's happening in our country politically or may have just ended i gotta check the news and the impact on sports as well we're talking hashtag shutdown when we come back here on the fantasy sports radio network it's your boy dane martinez the stable genius on the fantasy freestyle Fantasy Freestyle. You know I was talking about this concussion protocol and how it relates to the NFL playoffs. I am surprised that Gronk did not come back in the game when they were down in the second half and say all of a sudden he passed all the tests at halftime. He's good to go. Anybody out there that wants to bet me, I will give you odds. I am saying Rob Gronkowski will clear the concussion protocol before media day of the Super Bowl when everyone descends on Minnesota. Weekdays from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Out of there. <laughs> Ain't nothing but against the party. Nothing but a gangster party. You know what it is. It's your boy, Dane Martinez. Speeds the spitting statistician here on the Fantasy Freestyle on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We're talking everything from speeds versus the kids and how should we consider our records now because we got a, well, we don't have consistency in the amount of uh, picks made. So we're going to get into that. Hopefully the stats over beat Cypher can help me with that. We're talking about my takeaways. We're also talking about Ali Raceman and the hashtag Time's Up movement and uh, some of the stuff happening out of USA Gymnastics. Three of the board members have, in fact, stepped down the other thing that happened over the weekend was uh apparently the united states government shut down with uh the same party in control of you know the executive branch congress and the house of representatives we won't get into my politics on that just yet but here's what i wanted i did want to say you know what some of the unanticipated ripple effects were air force uh canceled all their games Air Force had to cancel all intercollegiate athletic events over the weekend. Check this out. On Saturday, that meant men's swimming, women's swimming, men's and women's basketball, men's ice hockey, and men's gymnastics canceled. On Sunday, men's and women's tennis matches, wrestling events canceled. And I bring this up because, like, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, the Air Force... You know, games are not the biggest thing in the world. But it's not just the athletes, okay? This is not just like a snow day. There is income lost by people. What if you're a security guard? What if you're an usher? What if you're in the work in the concession stand of those arenas, okay? There is a ripple effect happening here. Now, 
It sounds like there's a deal back on to like reopen the government, but I just want everybody to know that these effects, this is not like just a snow day. This is not like, ha ha ha, it's all good. You know, there's, there's, there was a guy in the CDC in Atlanta, you know, that uh, had to stop working on a potentially disease-curing drug, you know, and also these as well, but... I'll leave it be with that. What I do want to go real quick is go to my boy Danny Otto down there in the fantasy pit of misery. My man Danny, what are people saying? What are they are they thinking about the refs in the AFC championship game? Are they talking about Ali Raceman? Are they all over the place with dog masks as usual? What's going on, Danny? Well we all are we are all over the place. As like usual. Normal. As usual. But it's the freestyle. I could talk anything. What's going on? Exactly. So I mean everybody's kind of been mentioning little things. I, I know from Lance Davis. And from Strong Style, we got a, a cheer for Raw 25. Which is nice. Raw tonight. 25 is happening tonight. We're going to see what's going on as they get ready for the Royal Rumble this weekend. Great marketing by the Royal Rumble to have one of their big-time pay-per-view events the weekend where there is no football. I'll say that. I like that. And Strong Style already knows my pick is Shinsuke Nakamura. What else is going on? Uh, Strong Style wanted to make it known that uh, he really wanted the Jags and the uh, Eagles. He really wanted the Jags and the Eagles. He went uh, one and one like many of our kids did in Speeds versus the Kids. Uh, Strong Style, what up? Alvin in Cali, what up? I unmasked you like a dog mask in Philly. But thanks, by the way, for calling into uh, the Fantasy Freestyle a little bit last week. Thanks again also to Jilly Dilly, who not only called in, but then did in fact get at FSWA about, uh, I don't know if you could see, that uh, the show has been uh, as a finalist for Best Radio Show. You know what it is. Um, so last thing I want to do, though, is we go back to the poll. And uh, as I said here, a lot of people are impressed mostly by Nick Foles. But some people did think that the ref's love for Tom Brady and ultimately the New England Patriots did have something to do with it. When we come back tomorrow on the Fantasy Freestyle, we'll talk everything from the Pro Bowl, which is this week. I'll give you news and notes. We'll put the fun in functional sports radio, including why Joel Embiid just thinks there's too many fish in the sea to move backwards remember the process is about moving forward and i'll also talk about why Derek jeter is completely alienating fans and it is not only by trading players away i'll tell you what else he's doing to get the fans down there in the miami area a little bit upset at their new ownership group it's your boy dane martinez speeds the spitting statistician tomorrow we'll go right back to the manimal right back to danny auto and you can contribute as well with the stats over beats cypher chat room twitter or holler at me but i'm out right now on a monday this has been fantasy freestyle and your boy speeds the spitting statistician i'm out peace